0: Well, it's
1: Friday, you know what that means. Good afternoon, I'm Richard Duggan in with you this afternoon here on News Talk. Uh, Linda Swain, as you may have heard from earlier this morning, uh, was on open line today. So even even though she is fully capable of it, we decided not to make her run a uh, radio marathon this afternoon and uh, given her a little bit of a break. So I am in with you today. Claudette Barnes is behind the glass. Hello, Claudette. Hello. TGIF, you have any plans for the weekend? Yeah, well, you know, I always have
2: somebody else asked me that earlier on I think oh yeah I was just outside the building and they said what's your plans and you know well what do you want to do yeah sure I've got lots of great plans <laughs> including some of the things that are really that um, might seem a little mundane but I mentioned earlier on on the air that the Newfoundland Horticultural Society yeah. is having a plant sale at the Ooh. government house and uh, I need a lot of tips I kill everything <laughs> So hopefully I'll be able to head on over to Government House the weekend. We'll see.
1: Absolutely. And you know what? plants and and gardening is one of those things that I think a lot of people really take a lot of joy in right
2: oh yeah and they struggle though too right Mm -hmm. because they you know where we live in such just the climate itself you you really need to know
1: what you're at oh absolutely and my wife had uh, taken up a bit of gardening over the last couple of years ever since we moved into into our house a few years ago and the first couple of years were really trial and error right (laughs) (laughs) you know you plant things too early and then the frost gets it or you plant it too late and then the frost will still get it right <laughs> Blame it on the frost. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's actually a pretty good segue. So let's take a look now as we uh, continue on with the program here, just at uh, some of the current temperatures around the province. And summer hasn't really given up on us quite yet. It was a pretty nice and, if nothing else, warm day in VOCM Valley today. Uh, temperatures in the about the mid-20s uh, with the Humidex. Uh, currently 21 in St. John's, 22 on the Buren Peninsula, uh, 23 in Grand Falls, Windsor out on the west coast. It's 21 degrees right now. A little bit cooler up in Labrador, 16 in Lab City, and about 14 in Happy Valley Goose Bay, so not overly too bad, especially considering now that we're creeping up on the final days of summer, uh, heading into, I think the first day of fall is next week, so uh, not too bad, and I think the next couple of days are supposed to be decently warm, even though I think there's a little bit of precipitation mixed in there as well, but not overly bad. So hopefully, uh, no matter where you are in the province, you can get out and try to enjoy the last days of summer uh, this weekend, and hopefully the weather will be nice where you are. Um, We have a lot to get through on today's uh, show, a lot of uh, big news happening. But first, I want to take you to today's VOCM News Question of the Day. It's live and online at VOCM.com right now and today we are asking will you be getting a covid booster this fall and looking at the current results most people are saying no they will not be 55 percent, in fact uh, on that poll saying that they will not be getting a covid booster this fall 45 percent saying that they will so if you want to weigh in on that uh, still loads of time to do so head on over vocm.com the poll is open for the rest of the day and uh, you can have your say again will you be getting a covid booster this fall well coming up on today's program here on News Talk. Lots on the go. Uh, VOCM's Brian Callahan was down at RNC HQ today for uh, really two different news conferences. We have an update on the charges against uh, Marcus Hicks, as well as a recent drug seizure in the capital city. So we're going to take you back to that now in just a few minutes. As well, as you may have heard, uh, loads of people headed to the steps, uh, both of Memorial Memorial University and of Confederation Building today for a Friday for future rally, Uh, one of the first ones uh, really ever since the pandemic. Uh, So we're going to take you back and uh, some of the sounds from that rally uh, as well. We're going to be speaking with uh, the finance minister, provincial finance minister on the harmonized sales tax for rental housing builds. Uh, They want that to be completely eliminated. We'll hear from Siobhan Cody, plus so much more coming up in the next hour. But first, again, we're going to take you back to RNC HQ, and there are more charges against a teacher and volleyball coach accused of luring people, mostly underage, and mostly for sexual purposes. RNC Constable James Cadigan provided the update today. Marcus Hicks. Uh, already facing a total of 50 charges, is now facing 13 additional sex-related charges involving four new complainants and one previous one. VOCM's Brian Callahan was at RNCHQ for that news conference. Here's some of what Constable Cadigan had to say.
3: Today, the RNC arrested 32-year-old Marcus Hicks of Paradise and charged him with 12 additional charges against four new survivors and an additional charge against a previous survivor. The ongoing investigation began on August 23rd when the RNC received information related to the use of fictitious identities, social media applications, and concealment to arrange sexual acts. The RNC's Child Abuse and Sexual Assault Unit was engaged and a major case management team assembled to investigate. The accused was, the accused was charged today with four counts of disguise with intent, three counts of sexual assault, possession of child pornography, accessing child pornography, breach of trust by a public officer, making sexually explicit material available to a child, luring a child, an agreement or arrangement to commit a sexual offense. The accused remains in custody awaiting this court appearance. As this investigation remains active, the RNC continues to seek information related to the acts of sexual violence. The RNC asks anyone with information to assist investigators to contact 709-729-8000. You may also report anonymous information to Crime Stoppers. I'll also add that parents and guardians should be aware that this investigation may create anxiety in children and youth who use various social media platforms. The RNC recommends taking this opportunity to discuss the associated risks of sharing personal and private information online. Everyone should be wary about speaking with people online that you do not know personally. Pictures and profiles can be fictitious, and the person you are speaking with may not be who they seem to be. Please report any suspicious activity and people to the RNC. I'll go ahead and take some questions.
1: James, just to be clear, so there were fifty before today. How many today in total charges and what does it bring so so
3: yeah, so there's 13 additional charges uh, coming in today.
4: What are the age ranges of the survivors?
3: So, I mean, as you can see from these charges, they apply to youth as well as, you know, charges we've seen in the past related to adults. So the age range really is is from children to an adult at this stage. People may wonder, when we call them survivors, um, is that assuming that Mr. Hicks committed the offenses? Because it, it might be misconstrued that people may think, well, innocent to proven guilty for already calling them survivors. Are they alleged survivors? Or are they alleged victims? Or are they survivors? So I would refer anybody who comes forward and shares their experience of a, of a traumatic event such as this as a survivor.
4: Are you able to say like which ages connect to which charges?
3: I mean, the charges applicable to youth are, are identifiable, you know, when you talk about luring a child, so that to me is someone under the age of 16. Uh, you know, you look at arranging uh, to commit a sexual offence, that applies to a youth. Uh, breach of trust by a public officer, that, uh, that charge, although it seems as though it could be applicable to youth, it depends on the relationship between the accused and the uh, survivor in that situation. You had confirmed before
0: that uh, Mr. Hicks was a teacher and a volleyball coach. Can you link any of these assaults to his profession as a teacher or a volleyball coach?
3: So what I can tell you is that there is a charge, and you've seen it before in this investigation, of breach of trust. So that indicates uh, you know, that correlation.
1: And there you have it. That's RNC Constable James Cadigan uh, giving the update on the charges against Marcus Hicks. Uh, He was already facing 50 charges and now an additional 13 sex-related charges involving four new complainants and one previous one. Now, while down at RNC HQ, that was not the only news conference that was held today. Uh, Three people, two from Ontario and one from St. John's, have been arrested and charged in connection with a drug seizure in the center city area of St. John's yesterday afternoon. Afternoon. The RNC's Drug Investigation Unit launched its investigation on Tuesday. On Thursday, police descended on a Mary Meeting Road property and seized a quantity of cocaine, oxycodone, approximately $4,000 cash, a loaded sawed-off shotgun, and a handgun-style BB gun. Constable Cadgan provided details of that bust this morning as well. We're
3: here to release information about an ongoing investigation into drug and weapons-related offenses in in the uh, Northeast Avalon region. Uh, So uh, the Drug Investigation Unit launched an investigation into street-level drug trafficking and weapons offenses in St. John's on Tuesday, September 12th. On Thursday, September 14th, members of the RNC Drug Investigation Unit, with assistance from RNC patrol officers, conducted a judicially authorized search of a property on Mary Meeting Road in St. John's in connection with this investigation. Three individuals were taken into custody at the scene as officers executed that search. The search of the property resulted in the seizure of a loaded, sawed-off shotgun, a handgun-style BB gun, over $4,000 of cash, three cell phones, a quantity of what is believed to be oxycodone, and 25 ounces of cocaine. This amount of cocaine would result in a street value of approximately $70,000 when sold by the gram or the Point. Three individuals have been charged at this stage in connection with the investigation. Those people are Zwalaki Malongo, a 40-year-old from Ontario, charged with breach of firearm prohibition and possession of a firearm with knowledge, the possession is unauthorized. Next is Candace Nembard, 31 years old, from Ontario, charged with possession of a firearm with knowledge, the possession is unauthorized. And finally, Tyler Cannon, a 43-year-old of St. John's, Newfoundland and Labrador, breach of firearm prohibition, possession of a firearm with knowledge, that the possession is unauthorized, and breach of probation order. The accused individuals were held in custody to appear in provincial court in connection with those charges. And the investigation, as I've mentioned, is ongoing with further weapons and drug related charges pending. Now, as I've mentioned, the investigation is active. So the RNC is asking that anyone with information to assist this investigation, contact the RNC at 709-729-8000. And you can also make an anonymous uh, tip or report to Crime Stoppers.
1: There you go, and that's Constable James Cadigan providing an update on the uh, drug seizure in the Center City area of St. John's yesterday afternoon. Again, uh, yesterday they descended on a Mary Meeting Road property and seized a quantity of drugs, cash, a sawed-off shotgun, and a handgun-style BB gun. Now, uh, VOCM's Brian Callahan was at at that news conference but he uh, was also in court this afternoon and I understand that we have uh, some new information about what happened in court and you can hear more about that coming up in our news at 4 30 and of course our uh, major news package coming up at five o'clock with Sarah Strickland all right I think it's time now that we take a break here on news talk and when we come back we're going to go back to Fridays for Future the rally that happened earlier today outside of Munn and Confederation Building Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your requests to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. And welcome back. Richard Duggan in with you this afternoon. Well, earlier today, uh, people descended upon the steps of Memorial University and then headed on over to Confederation Building. It's the return of the Fridays for future rallies. Uh, people turned out in droves to demand climate action by the decision makers in this province. I headed down to the clock tower at Memorial University for the beginning of that rally today. And uh, here's some of the, the sounds and uh, what people heard at the clock power clock tower portion of that rally uh beginning with some of the speeches and then we'll hear from some of those who attended
5: I would now like to w- welcome you to the 2023 Fridays for Future Saint John's Climate Strike <laughs> Thank you so much for coming out to show your support and to reinforce the importance of climate action on this day of global striking where people all over the world are protesting towards the same goal. We need activists like you folks so we can see the change in Newfoundland and Labrador. This year, we have three asks. We ask that, number one, for the government of Newfoundland and Labrador to put an end to fossil finance, meaning an end to subsidizing fossil fuel projects and exploration projects, particularly the Bay de Project. Number two, that the government of Newfoundland and Labrador make massive investments in community-owned renewable energy projects centering indigenous communities. Number three, finally, We ask for money to divest away from fossil fuels. Now, a little bit about this movement. In 2018, Greta Thunberg began protesting outside the Swedish parliament during school on Fridays. She demanded urgent climate action, just as we are today. Soon people began to join her protest by skipping school to raise awareness for the threat that climate change poses and to hold institutions accountable for their slack of action. We study every day to prepare for our futures, all while watching videos of forest fires across Canada. We take tests while flash floods are destroying people's homes and hurricanes are taking people's lives. I want to attend school with the knowledge that my time ahead will be fulfilling and safe. We deserve to be young and carefree, and it is immoral that people in power have put the weight of climate change on our shoulders. I am protesting today to save my children from the burden that has been forced upon myself. Thank you all for taking a stand and being the change you wish to see in the world. What do we want? Climate
1: action! do we want it? Now! What do we want? Climate action! What
6: do we
5: want it? Now!
0: What do we want? Climate action! Do, do we want it? Now! Now! No!
6: For, my, for my children, it's important. It's important. Reason to be here.
1: There's a big turnout here today. Do you think it's important for them to see this type of
6: movement taking place? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think activ- activism should start at a young age, and it's very important for them to be here. So why was it important for you to come out to the rally today?
5: I think it's important to come out so we can fight for what we believe in and stand up to everybody who...
6: That was important for you? Like, kind of the same as what she said. I think it's important that we uh, we use our voice, especially as younger generations, because we're going to have to live here and we have to fight for the planet. <laughs> Does climate
1: change worry you?
6: Yeah. 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 What sort of a message
1: do you think it sends to see all these people here today? Um,
6: I think it's very encouraging that there's this many people that Are willing to put up a fight and are willing to fight for what they believe in. And if you could talk
1: to the decision makers now, what's the message? What's the one thing you want them to know today?
5: Uh, I just want them to know that like we stand with the climate change like activists and we're here with them. Waters rise. rise. Hear our cries.
1: And There you have it. That is some of what we heard at the Fridays for Future rally earlier today. It began at the Munn Clock Tower just behind the university center. And then uh, I would estimate a, a couple of hundred people then left uh, the university campus and marched up the parkway to Confederation Building, uh, where really the main portion of the rally was held, all demanding uh, better climate action uh, by the provincial government and uh, really in Industries in general. Um, All right, coming up after the news with Sarah Strickland, we're going to take you back to Confederation building uh, for something a little different. Uh, Finance Minister Siobhan Cody spoke to media earlier today. Uh, They have written the federal government asking that they. essentially eliminate the HST from the cost of new residential construction. Uh, and, and essentially, they want to see that HST uh, completely eliminated. So there's two portions of it. There's the federal portion and the provincial portion. Um, and so they're looking to have that completely eliminated, which would, uh, they say, would help with uh, you know the construction of new builds and help with uh, what many have termed to be a housing crisis in Newfoundland and Labrador. So we're going to have that coming up for you now in a little bit Um, and also before we go to the break I do want to mention as well a little while ago uh, information coming in from the RCMP um, about a missing man Um, so just to reiterate 55-year-old Darren McDonald is missing from Con River. Uh, he's described as about six feet tall, 200 pounds, with black hair and brown eyes. Uh, anybody with information on Darren McDonald's whereabouts is asked to contact contact rather the rcmp uh again and he's missing from con river since uh, a little bit earlier today um all right we're just about up on news time now with sarah strickland we'll be back after the break this is Newstalk on your vocm <laughs>
0: Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM.
1: And welcome back, Richard Duggan, and with you this afternoon. Uh, all right, let's keep it rolling here now on the program. Well, the province has written the federal government asking that the harmonized sales tax on new rental housing builds be eliminated. Finance Minister Siobhan Cody has asked the federal government to consider tax options tax options to encourage the construction of new rental housing units. She suggests either tax base adjustments or providing a full rebate of the GST HST from the cost of new residential construction. Cody spoke with media about what they're asking for earlier today. I was one of the reporters there and here's what Minister Cody had to say.
4: As we heard yesterday, the federal government is going to uh, give an enhanced rebate on new rental units is all part of the requirements that uh, we have in our country for new housing opportunities. And uh, Newfoundland and Labrador wrote to the federal government yesterday, to Minister Fraser and to Minister Friedland, to ensure that they understood that Newfoundland and Labrador would be a partner in, in ensuring that we have more new rental units. So, what i mean by that is they've talked about the removal of the of the goods and services tax from new rental units and we want to include the 10 percent that newfoundland and labrador gets under the harmonized sales tax as part of that so this is to stimulate the housing development to Grow new rental units in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador, and as you've seen in Budget 23-24, we've placed a big emphasis on the building of new rental units. Uh, we've put about seventy seven zero million dollars in Budget 23-24 for the building of about 850 new uh, new houses, and that's in addition to what's already been built over the last number of years. We have a harmonized sales tax in our in our country of 15% and as you know the federal government takes a portion of that the provincial take uh, provincial government takes a portion of it. For Newfoundland and Labrador we have the harmonized sales tax and what we've said to the federal government is where we want to be part of uh, of uh, you know stimulating the growth and development of new rental units in the province as well you know as well obviously for the rest of the country the the, the federal government is ensuring that new rental units are... But we're very focused on Newfoundland and Labrador and and growing more rental units. What they're talking about is the goods and services tax. It might be different across the country, but they're talking about the goods and services tax. We have a harmonized sales tax, includes the goods and services tax, that is uh, in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. We're going to take our 10% portion of that and make the rebate as well. So, from what I understand, yesterday is it's a four, a, a four apartment units. So that's the program that they announced yesterday, and we're saying that we want to be part of that program. They may go further. There may be other incentives and opportunities, uh, but at this point, the, the announcement yesterday was for four apartment units. Yes, four, 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 four plus. Four plus. Four four plus. plus. That's that's what I understand from yesterday's announcement. We want to to encourage more rental units, and this is one way we encourage more rental units. Are there other things that we must do? Absolutely, that's why we put 70 million, we spend about $140 million a year in affordable housing in Newfoundland and Labrador. We've added um, an opportunity now to encourage the private sector and others, the social, the social economy as well, to make new rental units. So this is, this is an addition to that. So we've already reached out to Ottawa. We, we sent them a letter. As soon as we started to, we, I know the premiers had multiple discussions with Minister Fraser on the seriousness of, uh, of the housing situation, not only in Newfoundland and Labrador. It is across the country, probably around the world. Um, but the seriousness that, we, that we're taking this issue for Newfoundland and Labrador. So they had already had a conversation uh, around taxation, around some of the other things that can be done. So we followed up with a letter to Minister Fraser, and to Minister Friedland to say we would be a we would be a, a part of that solution, meaning that we would uh, we would give up the HST on these new rental units as well. So by being part of that. We're talking to the federal government because harmonised sales tax, of course, is just that. We have to talk to other uh, they, we have to talk to others that have the harmonised sales tax. We can't unilaterally change HST, and that's why we've gone to the federal government. Are you optimistic that this will be it? I think so because we even heard in the announcement yesterday. Of course, they referenced Newfoundland and Labrador as being wanting to be part of that. I know that other jurisdictions want to be part of that, so we're very optimistic that we'll be able to make that change and move forward. But there, are as I say, there are other things that you know we're doing in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. We're taking this, you know, the housing uh, situation very seriously. I can tell you that I've heard from a lot of constituents that are very concerned about this issue.
1: Uh, one of the things that the opposition members have been raising a lot is that not enough is being done for the immediate needs in the community. Do you think that this will help for some more immediate
6: bills?
4: Well, I would say that. We've just come through building 850 new housing opportunities in the last two years i can tell you that there's 750 more in progress so you know we've announced for example of i think it's a 40 unit for uh for pleasantville eight new houses in fr- on froud avenue like there's a lot of actions that are underway we've announced of course in in goose bay the new uh the new housing units there um health and housing center and uh, you know there's been a lot of current action and we're going to continue this as I said, we're putting a lot of money and a lot of effort into ensuring that we address this housing the housing concerns of Newfoundlanders and Labradorians. It is a it is a loss of revenue to the to the provincial government. I don't think it'll be overly material, meaning that we have a 10 billion dollar roughly, a 10 billion dollar budget and it is built in HST, the harmonized sales tax is built into our fiscal forecast, but on a 10 billion dollar budget I think that we can we can you know move forward uh, with confidence in uh, in our budgeting process so well we don't know because this is this will be units that would be that are to be built they just announced this yesterday so I couldn't say I can't even estimate for you uh, how many people will take advantage of this opportunity to save that much tax and so therefore I you know it's hard to make that estimate but I will say that I don't think it'll be material on that size of a budget I'm hopeful that they'll just reduce the tax completely take eliminate it, but it may have to be a rebate. It depends on the the way the program is developed. But I, you know, that's what we're talking to the federal government about. But what we wanted to say to the federal government, and what we want to say to the people of the province of Newfoundland and Labrador, that the provincial government is equally. Equally wants to ensure that we have more and new rental units in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. We're willing to make those investments that, you know, the the removal of the HST, the Harmonized Sales Tax, which includes a provincial portion, to do that. And this is on top of the other monies that we're putting in, like I said, the 70, $70 million that we announced in the budget.
1: And there you go. That is Finance Minister Siobhan Cody talking about the provincial government's ask of the federal government uh, to essentially eliminate the HST on new uh, rental housing bills. And so, again, we haven't heard back or uh, the province hasn't heard back yet rather uh, from the federal government on that. Again, that ask was only made uh, within the last day. Um, But they are hoping that with that with the elimination of that that it would encourage more uh rental housing units in the province and thus help with uh the housing crunch that many are experiencing all right before we go to the break i'm gonna go on a little bit of an aside here now and claudette I- were you a fan of, back in the 1990s, the TV show Home Improvement? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, like me, I that was one of my favorite shows uh, back then. And anyway, so I, I was scrolling through uh, the Internet, and I just came across this really cool video and talk about some of the – really cool and different hobbies that people have. So this woman likes to create little miniature versions of TV sitcom sets. And I just came across her video and she remade the Tool Time set uh, from Home Improvement. And it's this little miniature thing that, you know, like, less than the size of a small dollhouse. And I don't know. It has nothing to do with anything. I just think it's really cool, some of the hobbies that people have.
2: Yeah, that's so interesting to me. I'd like to have a neighbor
1: like Wilson. You know,
2: (laughs) you never really (laughs) see them.
1: That was one of the big (laughs) mysteries for me as a kid was like, what does his face look look like?
2: like? (laughs) Uh, Me too. Gosh, I loved shows back in the night, like that era. It was just so much fun to watch. But in its own time period, because if you were to watch those things now, I don't know if you'd appreciate it as much, you know, like you kind of got to watch it at in
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Some of those things like and some of the references, you really got to be watching it in the moment. But, yeah. But uh, either way, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, the little miniature constructions is really cool. And there's so many more there. I was just scrolling through some of her pictures there and she has like full house. She has uh, the Frasier set. So, I mean, oh,
2: like, I d- yes, I
1: would love that. And actually, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but Frasier got a reboot.
2: Yes, yeah. but I don't know when it starts. I, I'm thinking it could be, is it October? I, I'm thinking November? so.
1: I think it's on, yeah. on Paramount Plus, I yeah, think. Yeah, and but.
2: I don't have that, and I love Frasier, so is that going to be another added expense, you know? <laughs> like, how many of these streaming services things do I have to buy in order to get my shows? Because mm-hmm. it's pick yeah. and choose. They don't give you everything on the one, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh, Yeah. But. Well, there's a lot of options out there these days. So.
2: I'm going to have to get yeah. that show somehow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I was I, I, I saw Legally. the trailer uh, yesterday and it was I, I, I'm i a huge fan. Like it's one of my favorite shows. And I was like, OK, I got to find a way to watch that.
2: I mean, so, as soon as you yeah. hear that toss salad and scrambled egg song, it just gets me in the mood to watch the show. Iconic. Iconic. It is.
1: Well, there you have it. That that conversation, by the way, has absolutely nothing to do with the news, but absolutely (laughs) fascinating, right?
2: (laughs) Hey, it's important to us.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, All right. We're going to go to the final break of the day here on News Talk, and we still have a lot more to get through coming up
0: when we come back. Stay informed and have your say on the news of the day with your VOCM. Join Linda Swain weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 p.m. for an hour of talk and discussion with decision makers and listeners like you. News Talk on your VOCM.
1: And welcome back. Well, the Federal Minister of Emergency Preparedness is in the capital city attending SARSIN 2023, a national search and rescue conference. Minister Harjit Sajjan says search and rescue and emergency preparedness is especially vital in as the East Coast region prepares for Hurricane Lee and in light of destruction caused last year by Hurricane Fiona. He speaks now with VOCM's Linda Swain.
7: Well, good afternoon, Minister Sajjan.
0: Great, thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be back uh, in Newfoundland.
7: For sure. So you're attending the Sarcine conference. Uh, what prompted you to uh, to join in on this one?
0: Uh, first of all, as the Minister of Emergency Preparedness, I wanted to take the opportunity to thank all our search and rescue volunteers from across the country for just amazing work that they do, all the representatives, um, um, but also uh, to learn from them and look at what we need to do. I had wanted to take the opportunity to meet with the leadership here. I got to meet with the premier um, uh, as well and look at what type of uh, you know response that we need is. You know, sadly, uh, the, the anniversary for Hurricane um, Puna is, is, is coming up. And also, we, as we all know, we're getting ready for uh, Hurricane Lee uh, to come through this region as well. So it's an opportunity for us to always continually learn um, what are the things that we need to change and making sure that we can prevent, um, you know, not only a situation like this from happening, but how do we make sure that people are prepared and also to make sure that a response um, also continually evolves to making sure it meets the needs of the people.
7: So what kind of lessons were learned through um uh Hurricane Fiona?
0: Well, first of all I mean one of the uh, the key things is the um uh, is making sure that we have uh, local um uh, training in place. That's one thing you know, key, absolutely key things that I heard and I was t- talking to some of the uh uh to some of the vol- uh, volunteers and they were saying that the uh because of some of the skills that they had um you know to set up Um, So the incident command system at the local level very quickly, how do you get to be able to uh, look at what resources that we have, who needs the actual support, how do you make sure that people who are are being affected, um, uh, you know, they get the support uh, that they need. Communication is also key, but also the preparation piece is also important, making sure people um, beforehand have that. Uh, knowing what 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 you need to what you need to do. And ultimately what we want to do is uh prevent uh any type of uh injury uh, to you. but if there is something that when we have to respond we want to be able to uh locate uh, and rescue very quickly and sadly Um you know, I know that uh, the tragedy that just took place in uh, de Lee is is uh, um, you know very uh, difficult uh, for people given what's taking place uh, in Fiona. So these are the type of lessons that we have to continually look at what type of support needs at the local level, at the provincial level, and also at the federal level.
7: And of course, your uh, department, um, you know, over, um, overlaps with a number of other departments. So what needs to be put in place? I know, for instance, uh, following the tragedy off the southeast coast of Labrador two years ago, um, to the day, I believe, uh, where those two young men were lost uh, in their fishing vessel, uh, there were many concerns raised about the uh, level of uh, search and rescue capability available on the ground in Labrador. Is that something... Thing that your department is uh, looking at addressing?
0: So, it, absolutely. In fact, actually, I was looking at this even beforehand when I was uh, Minister of Defence. I actually came to the region to look at what those needs are, um, looked at new at things, and in fact, actually got to speak with some of the folks in some of the new technology that was actually developed and brought into the system and how it's going to be incorporated all across uh, the country. Literally, rather than just looking at the aircraft, we're looking at actually t- using from sensors, uh, uh, even including satellites, different systems that we can look at to locate. Now, what we need to do here is is not just about the rescue piece of being able to go out. First and foremost is how do we look at locating? So we're, um, using uh, certain technology that we have in place, how can we make, make it better? Then also to make sure that the, the right response um, goes out so it can have the best uh, capability out there. So those are the, some of the things we need to, uh, we need to take a look at. Uh, so it's having certain capabilities, it's how we use them is going to be very um, important. And, and, uh, and what works here is going to work and you know, may not work in other parts of the country. So we want to make sure, as I told the Premier, uh, we need to cater the response uh, for the uniqueness uh, of the problems here.
1: There you go. That's Federal Minister of Emergency Preparedness, Minister Harjit Sajjan, uh, speaking with VOCM's Linda Swain. He's in town uh, for scene 2023, a National Search and Rescue Conference. All right, let's keep things moving now here on the program. And earlier this week, the NDP uh, NDP leader Jim Dinn sent a letter to Digital Government and Service NL Minister Sarah Studley asking that government take action on the high cost of rent. In his letter, he outlines stories from his uh, constituents, some some say the rent in the last couple of years has increased from between 50 to 80 percent. Earlier today, VOCM's Linda Swain spoke with Minister Sarah Studley for her response to the letter and her thoughts on possible rent stabilization measures.
6: So, absolutely, we want to make housing more, defo- more affordable for everyone. Um, and we've just seen recently the federal government and the provincial governments announcing kind of independently, but it works out together that, you know, there won't be any more HST on new rental building, you know, the building of new of uh, rental apartment buildings uh, for residential will be any HST on that. And that's like a huge uh, effort now to try and spur development and get developers to come in because we need more housing um, at all different types of price points, low income, middle income. We need lots of uh, we need to make housing more affordable for everyone. So absolutely. Uh, in terms of what um, um, MHA Din raised, you know, he has been raising um, questions around, should we have rental caps, um, vacancy caps? And uh, we've been looking at that. And I'm I'm very open to having conversations with anyone who you know wants to reach out and, and discuss those. Uh, my department and I, we've been doing lots of research. Uh, I've been talking to people, uh, experts, and, uh, I, I, I'm not convinced that that would do us any good. Um, I have constituents, and I know, uh, you know, Din has constituents, and he raised those uh, in his letter to me. And there are people who are facing very high immediate rent increases. Um, and I'm, you know, that's extremely unfortunate. And, you know, there are, depending on, you know, the family's income level, you know, their MHA or, you know, I'm happy to work with them, uh, see if there's anything we could do from, you know, different grants or subsidies or, or um, we also then as as minister responsible for the, the landlord tenant process, uh, we have that quasi judicial process where people can take a uh, concerns, um, about, you know, evictions or rent increases to that board uh, to get advice and, and, you know, binding decisions. And so landlords have to give tenants six months' notice for rent increases. Um, but when particularly when we talk about rental caps, um, so other provinces do have, you know, for example, caps on how much rent can go up per year, uh, and some uh, have caps on how much, you know, rent can go up between tenants. Um, and when we look at the percentage of, of rent increases in Newfoundland and Labrador, where we don't have those caps, compared to provinces where they do have those caps, our our rate of rental increase is much lower. So, um, on average, from twenty eighteen to twenty twenty two. The average yearly rent in Newfoundland and Labrador has gone up 2.24%. And we have that broken down by different types of, you know, so many bedrooms and and that kind of thing. Whereas, you know, PEI went up 4%, Ontario 5.29%, Alberta 3.6%, BC 5.18%. And so ours is going up less than the provinces with those... Rent controls, like I think Nova Scotia recently had two percent, two percent, five percent, five percent, and so you know we've I've had a lot of conversations with people, and I, um, and you know we're looking at research, and I'm not I don't think right now that the research shows that. Uh, Putting rental caps in is in the best interest of of people in the province. Um, But, you know, if we get to a point where where we see that, then, um, you know, we'll certainly entertain that. And I'm really open to having those discussions. Uh, But that's not what the data shows. Um, So I can talk a bit about why some of the reasons for that. We don't know, you know, 100 percent, but. When someone, you know, let's say if you're having a Turo car, you're renting a Turo car uh, out to to tourists or or local people, um, and you picked a price, and just like if you had an apartment, you have picked a rental price, and then Turo comes out and says, okay, well, next year you're only allowed to increase your price 2%, and then the following year is 5%, the following year is 5%. And you might have not even thought about increasing the price because you just chose that price for your, your, you know, customers. And so because now there's a constraint you think oh well what is it going to be the following year is it going to be zero percent is it going to be one percent or you know am i not going to be allowed to raise it at all and so what we've seen is that uh, you know one of our our, the strong hypothesis in the research is that um, when you have those caps everyone is afraid that they're not going to be able to Increase rent if and when they need to. And so they all would they go to that, the top of the cap of what you said, and which drives everyone's rate up more than what it would have. Um, and then MHA DIN, for example, also suggests that we have a public utilities board style board that approves rental rate increases above and beyond the cap. Um, And and that's, you know, for example, I think what Ontario has, but that's why we see that they have such a high, they have 5.29% rent increase. Um, And so on top of the cap where the landlords would kind of raise it to the cap, because that's what we've told them they're allowed to do, then they can go and ask for uh, rent increases on top of that. And so I think um, I really we, uh, we are really hesitant to put any more regulation on the rental market and MHA den himself you know says that he thinks our residential tenancies process is a bit cum- is cumbersome for renters uh, and I certainly don't want to make it any bigger and I you know I don't want to have another whole team um, and the data doesn't show at the moment that that having that whole Extra regulatory system on our housing market would be in the best interest of rent, both rental prices in Newfoundland Labrador. You Labrador. Know, fundamentally, it is a supply problem. We need more housing. We need to make housing more affordable for everyone. Um, and also, we don't want to scare off all the developers. We need them to come and build you know, big apartment buildings, and we need lots of more, uh, lots more places for people to stay and rent. Um, And, you know, if we were to come out and said, here's this new big, you know, regulatory regime that you have to live, you know, work in, uh, they might turn away and pack their bags. um, And they might choose another province. And so, you know, we need more places for people to rent that are affordable. Absolutely.
1: There you go. That is Digital Government and Service NL Minister Sarah Studley speaking with VOCM's Linda Swain in response to a letter sent to her by NDP leader Jim Dinn earlier this week about uh, action that government could take on the high cost of rent. All right, that just about does it for us on today's edition of News Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. Sarah Strickland is coming up next with today's VOCM Day in Review. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in and have a great Great weekend, everyone.